Well, welcome everyone. I have cleaned up. I've been in a bathrobe and unshaven all week long, so I thought I better take it up a couple notches, but don't get used to it. You may see me in terry cloth and flannel before too long. Well, you know, I trust that you were blessed by the worship, and my prayer is that you'll be encouraged by the message. I'm going to be talking about what we can learn from Palm Sunday, and I'm very excited about what I believe the Spirit of God wants to say to you, to help you in these times. Well, today happens to be our Transition Sunday from our Be Still series. Now, as a quick overview, Pastor Justin, he started our Lenten season uh, talking about busted lips and coffee grounds. You will definitely want to go to centennialroad.com and click on the sermons tab to hear that one again. It's about refreshing our relationship with God. And then the next weekend, our district superintendent, our pastor Eric, he taught on God's secret rewards program. And then I preached on fasting and prayer and how God uses us to crush evil. And then of course, last weekend, Pastor Tim, he taught us very well on the topic of Sabbath. So that concluded our Be Still series. Now next weekend, our Miracles of Jesus series will begin on Easter Sunday. Today is the beginning of Holy Week, the final days of Lent. Now I know many people have been thinking about life, what's important to them, especially in light of physical distancing and news about the coronavirus and how to manage in light of layoffs and sickness. Lent has traditionally been a season of reflection and preparation before the celebrations of Easter. But you know, Lent 2020 has included a lot more reflection and preparation for isolation and distancing. You know, we're finding creative and friendly ways to maintain our social distance. I saw one post that said there should be a moose length between us. That must be about two meters and that's uh, some Canadian humor, I suppose. So today, I want to encourage you in the original practice of Lent for Holy Week. Now, typically, by observing the 40 days of Lent, Christians replicate Jesus Christ's sacrifice and his withdrawal into the desert for 40 days. Lent is marked by fasting, both from food and festivities. Now, when I was a boy, that meant that every cookie or treat that I would normally enjoy in my daily routine was sacrificed to a personal cookie tin. Our Lenten sacrifice as children in our family home was to abstain from treats until Easter Sunday and beyond. And every sacrifice we made, that meant that that cookie went into our personal tins for a future reward, and we could enjoy them after Easter. Well, we learned the concept of delayed gratification very early in our lives, and we also learned self-control. Amazing to think how we could uh, not touch those goodies for 40 days. But I'll tell you, what a week after Easter Sunday. Sugar rush for days. Now that's reward. Tell us how you've observed Lent, either recently or in your own childhood. Well, as I've said, Lent 2020 has been a very different season. Lots of reflection for sure, but more out of survival mode. Lots of preparation indeed, but not really focused on celebrating Easter resurrection. So I'm going to ask you to do something this week. Maybe you've seen those t-shirts or those memes that say, keep calm and whatever, keep calm and carry on, or keep calm and uh, breathe deep, keep calm and wash your hands. 
I saw one that said, keep calm. Ah, spider! Thousands of these over the internet and on people's t-shirts. For you this week, I want you to keep calm and raise your palms. And I'll tell you why. Today is Palm Sunday in celebration of Jesus' triumphal entry into Jerusalem. And I want us to look at it in the scriptures. Matthew 21 records it this way. As they approached Jerusalem and came to Bethphage on the Mount of Olives, Jesus sent two disciples saying to them, go to the village ahead of you and at once you will find a donkey tied there with her colt by her. Untie them and bring them to me. If anyone says anything to you, tell them that the Lord needs them and he will send them right away. This took place to fulfill what was spoken through the prophet. Say to the daughter of Zion, see, your king comes to you, gentle and riding on a donkey, on a colt, the foal of a donkey. Well, the disciples went and did as Jesus had instructed them. They brought the donkey and the colt, placed their cloaks on them, and Jesus sat on them. A very large crowd spread their cloaks on the road, while others cut branches from the trees and spread them on the road. The crowds that went ahead of him and those that followed shouted, Hosanna to the son of David. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest. And when Jesus entered Jerusalem, the whole city was stirred. And they asked, who is this? And the crowds answered, this is Jesus, the prophet from Nazareth in Galilee. So we're having some amazing stuff happening here. Jesus is predicting that they're going to find this donkey and her colt, and just by virtue of saying the Lord needs it, the owner will oblige. And of course, that's exactly what happened. But beyond that, a crowd gathers. The reputation of Jesus, it's well known among the villagers by now. And since so many are traveling to Jerusalem for a great Passover celebration, the crowds swell and anticipation is building to see what this Jesus is going to do next. The miracle worker, he's back. And maybe it's time for the Jews to finally rise up against the Roman occupiers and be rid of the oppression that they felt for such a very long time. And Jesus, he might just be the guy. And so they shout, Hosanna, meaning the Lord saves us. It was both a cry to be saved as well as a declaration that God does indeed save. And the crowds shouted things like, peace in heaven and glory in the highest. They were excited that redemption from their oppression could be at hand. So they spread out their cloaks and they cut down branches. Those were symbols of welcoming majesty. John's gospel in chapter 12 is very specific about what kind of branches were cut. They took palm branches and went out to meet him, shouting, Hosanna, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord, blessed is the King of Israel. And thus my phrase, keep calm and raise your palms. Now hopefully you'll remember that rhyme all week. This is my charge to you. I want you to purposely engage in worship this week to combat the fear and the anxieties that we're feeling these days. When you look at the comments of those who've participated in the worship singing that we've posted these past few weeks, you'll see comments like, oh, that's just what I needed and thanks so much, things like that. You know, I have received 
personal messages and emails telling me how much people have appreciated the worship opportunities that we've provided to help them combat fear and isolation. So I'm encouraging you this Holy Week in particular to keep calm and raise your palms. Now, I got this idea from Psalm 42. I read it last week and I thought, this is exactly what we need in our day. So let's look at it. We're gonna start with verses one to four. As the deer pants for streams of water, so my soul pants for you, O God. My soul thirsts for God, for the living God. When can I go and meet with God? My tears have been my food day and night. While men say to me all day long, where is your God? These things I remember as I pour out my soul, how I used to go with the multitude leading the procession to the house of God with shouts of joy and thanksgiving among the festive throng. You know, the writers of this psalm were in desperate circumstances. I imagine that the sentiment that we are all feeling in this season of social distancing, it might parallel what these writers were feeling in their day. They were the sons of Korah who were Levites from the family of Kohath. Now by King David's time, it seems that they served in the musical aspect of the temple worship. And it seems that they too were not permitted to gather in groups of five. They used to be able to meet together for corporate worship, but for whatever reason in their day, it wasn't happening either. You know, my wife Julie and I, we were out on a walk last week on the Brock Trail. And of course, everyone was scooting to the edges as we passed one another to, to give each other that two meter space. Uh, thankfully, everyone's friendliness factor seemed up. We were giving each other distance, but everyone was waving and smiling and saying hello, acknowledging the awkwardness of giving each other the distance. And one of them was a congregant and she declared, oh, how I miss going to church. Me too, just like the sons of Korah in Psalm 42. I used to go to the house of God and praise among the festive throng. Well, we have internet. They, I imagine, had papyrus scrolls. Either way, whatever our culture and whatever time we live in, we find a way to communicate. And so they continued. Let's look at it in verses five to seven. Why are you so downcast, O oh my soul? Why so disturbed within me? Put your hope in God, for I will yet praise him my savior and my God. My soul is downcast within me. Therefore, I will remember you from the land of the Jordan, the heights of Hermon from Mount Mazar. Deep calls to deep. In the roar of your waterfalls, all your waves and breakers have swept over me. These depressed musicians, these sons of Korah, they asked themselves the question, why my soul are you so downcast? Why so disturbed within me? And thankfully the answer came quickly to them. Put your hope in God, for I will yet praise him, my savior and my God. That's my whole, keep calm and raise your palms. My soul is downcast. So the remedy is to remember what God has done in the past. The deep things of God, they call out to the deep things of man. When man says, I feel downcast, God says, I'll be your hope. When man says, I feel defeated, God says, I'll be your victory. When man says, I feel depressed, God says, I'll be your joy. I am your remedy. We sang that song, my fear doesn't stand a chance when I stand in your love. It's so true. And oftentimes, 
the way that we appropriate all the benefits of God's promises is to worship him, to keep calm and raise your palms. Let's look at the final verses, uh, 8 to 11. By day, the Lord directs his love. At night, his song is with me, a prayer to the God of my life. I say to God, my rock, why have you forgotten me? Why must I go about mourning, oppressed by the enemy? My bones suffer mortal agony as my foes taunt me, saying to me all day long, where is your God? Why are you downcast, O my soul? Why so disturbed within me? Put your hope in God, for I will yet praise him, my Savior and my God. So yes, you know, just like the sons of Korah, most of humanity vacillates between uh, faith and fear. We seem to have our good days and our bad days. But you know, I believe the ratio can be improved through the worship of our God. So just when you're having some bad moments, play a worship set that we've provided or download some of your favorite worship tunes and then keep calm and raise your palms. Let us know your favorite worship songs in our thread to give other viewers, viewers ideas of what to download. You know, one of my go-to songs is what we sang earlier, Stand in Your Love. On the first Palm Sunday in Jesus' day, people shouted, Hosanna, blessed is the King who comes in the name of the Lord. Now, these cries of praise and adoration were for the Jesus who entered Jerusalem in humility. Riding on a donkey was symbolic of bringing peace. However, the Jewish authorities, they were plenty upset. So it was a risk for people to voice their praises for fear of reprisals from the religious elite, namely the Pharisees. The common man in need of hope risked something to offer praises to the humble king. That could be called a sacrifice of praise. And that is what I'm calling you to do this week. Keep calm and raise your palms. When you're feeling down, risk offering praise to God and see what happens. You know, Hebrews 13, 15 says, through Jesus, therefore let us continually offer to God a sacrifice of praise, the fruit of lips that openly profess his name. But you know, the next verse is equally interesting. In verse 16, it says, and do not forget to do good and to share with others for with such sacrifices, God is pleased. An antidote to feeling downcast is to focus our praises on God and to focus our service to others. Now at the end of this broadcast, Pastor Desiree will share some specific ways that you can help the Brockville Food Bank. You know, another congregant messaged me to say that we could help the Loaves and Fishes organization with takeaway snacks like granola bars and pudding cups, you know, stuff like that. Do not forget to do good and to share with others, for with such sacrifices, God is pleased. The scriptures call us to find practical ways to help others. Old Testament and New Testament alike. They bring hope to people in whatever era and whatever circumstance that we find ourselves. You know, when Jesus walked this earth, 
his best friend John had some insights into what was going on. Now, John didn't understand it all at the time, but his report says this. It's John chapter 12, verses 12 to 16. The next day, the great crowd that had come for the feast heard that Jesus was on his way to Jerusalem. They took palm branches and went out to meet him, shouting, Hosanna! Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Blessed is the King of Israel. Jesus found a young donkey and sat upon it, as it is written, Do not be afraid, O daughter Zion. See, your king is coming, seated on a donkey's colt. At first, his disciples did not understand all this. Only after Jesus was glorified did they realize that these things had been written about him and that they had done these things to him. John figured it out after the fact. Jesus' humility of coming in on a donkey in the midst of the praises of this crowd was the fulfillment of a prophecy from Zechariah. Do not be afraid, daughter Zion. And today's application is similar. As you praise our Lord and Savior, he dispels fear. His Holy Spirit fills us with faith and with courage and with hope to dispel the fear and anxiety that plague us. Daughter Zion is us, the people of God's kingdom, all believers. And you know, we are in good company. We're like the visitors to Jerusalem on the first Palm Sunday. And we're like the sons of Korah from Psalm 42. In both cases, Put your hope in God and be lifted up from your circumstances to the glory of his name. Now, a unique way that we'll be worshiping from home will be this Friday. Good Friday at 10 a.m., we will host a communion service that you can participate in from home. So have some bread or crackers ready, some flat bread or freshly baked bread, whatever you can manage, as well as some type of juice. It doesn't necessarily have to be grape juice. It just has to be representative of the Lord's Supper. You know, communion is a time to remember Christ's death until he comes back for us. Now, Pastor Lawrence will walk us through a special Good Friday service and a communion online at 10 a.m. Now, before we conclude today, let me give you an opportunity. Maybe you have never surrendered your life to Jesus never offered him a sacrifice of praise. And, and you know that today is your day. The Holy Spirit is talking to you and you are ready to let God have the reins of your life. Then pray this prayer with me. Dear God in heaven, I believe you are a good father. And I believe your son Jesus came to save me. I know I need you. So I confess my sin to you and I trust you for your forgiveness. Jesus, I make you Lord of my life. Holy Spirit, I invite you to guide me in all God's ways. Amen. Now, if you prayed that prayer, please go to the Contact Us button on our website, centennialroad.com, or click the link in the uh, Facebook thread and let us know so that we can send you some information to help you on your walk of faith. And now let's keep calm and raise our palms as our worship team leads us in one more song. God bless you. <laughs>